there was this frustration amongst a lot of us. I remember all my mentors, you know, telling patients, I think it's this, but I don't have x-ray vision. And that was an awesome moment. I think it was two o'clock in the morning, sitting there, bleary-eyed and, and realizing that I knew something that no one else in the world knew. I went to my professors uh, who were incredible mentors and I said, I think we really need to bring ultrasound into paramedicine. Have you ever found a passion that just lights you up? When you try to channel that passion into a career, things can get frustrating. So how do you use that frustration to make your dream career even better? I'm Mary Bolling and this is CQ University's How to Change a Life. And today, how one first aid book and a room full of passionate people helped launch a career committed to transforming first responder healthcare. In the spirit of reconciliation, CQ University recognises this episode was recorded and produced on the traditional lands of the Gadigal people of the Aura Nation in Sydney and the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation in Melbourne. My name's Aidan Barron. I'm a paramedic researcher and a medical student. Um, I started off studying uh, paramedicine at the University of Tasmania in Sydney, um, and I did a bachelor's there. And then um, I came to CQ to do my um, honours, uh, looking at paramedic ultrasound-guided IVs, and then a postgrad in um, clinical ultrasound and emergency medicine uh, before going off to the UK. Uh, and I was really lucky I got to spend a year in the UK as a visiting research fellow um, and a kind of scholar-in-residence in emergency cardiovascular and critical care. And so I still hold that position as an honorary researcher um, in the cardiovascular critical care group at Kingston and St. George's University, London. Um, I'm also at the moment an adjunct lecturer in pre-hospital care at Charles State University in Bathurst. Um, and I work casually as a paramedic um, here and there, here, there and everywhere. So Aidan's career is a rare thing on this particular podcast because unlike a lot of life changes we hear from, Aidan's been on the same career path since he first chose it back in high school. But just like a lot of us, that path through paramedicine has had plenty of twists and turns. And just like everyone on How to Change a Life, the first seeds of Aiden's career start with passion. I kind of had not lost my way, but I was really struggling in high school um, as kind of a young teenager. Um, and particularly um, being in the closet at the time, I was struggling with a whole bunch of you know, things around identity and who I was and, and was starting to fall behind um, and just couldn't seem to be interested in much. I found a pamphlet for St. John's Ambulance and I ended up going and doing a first aid course and then finding a local cadet unit to join up in. And I remember the first night I went to the meeting um, and there are a whole bunch of teenagers and they gave me a joining pack and a first aid book. And I remember going home and I devoured that first aid textbook. I, got, I read the entire book cover to cover overnight and it just clicked. I thought, oh, this is really interesting. Um, it makes sense and I enjoy it and I want to learn more about it. And since then, I've just kind of followed the dopamine. <laughs> So the first step in following that dopamine means Aidan decides to study paramedicine after high school. But as his volunteering keeps growing his frontline experience, he realises he doesn't want to wait until after uni to get started. So while he probably should be studying for his HSC, Aidan decides to spend a month volunteering overseas. Because of 
the networks that I had made through social media um, and the the opportunities that, I, that I'd been able to take advantage of, um, I had had quite a bit of experience at that time with point-of-care ultrasound. And so I reached out to um, a small clinic on page 12 of Google um, to this wonderful man uh, who, whose name is Debendra Kaki. He was one of the first public health PhDs in Nepal. Um, and he wrote the uh, sexual health policy for Southeast Asia in the 90s. And he set up a clinic called the Chisang Clinic in the uh, Eastern Plains of Nepal. And so I got in touch with him and I asked him what would be useful to that community. As he asks that question, how can he help? Aiden is conscious of a huge range of issues when white people from developed nations take their expectations into a developing country. So he's determined to really listen to the answer. And the answer comes down to improving prenatal screening. And through his volunteering connections and experience, Aidan is able to arrive with the technology and the know-how to help. They were trying to implement improved um, prenatal screening and planning. So particularly picking up something called placenta previa, where the sac that gives blood to the baby um, can sometimes develop too low down so that when a woman starts to go into labour, the sac that connects the umbilical cord and the baby to the mum can tear and bleeding can happen. And that threatens and often ends the life of the baby and can threaten the life of the mother. So it's essential that that gets picked up as soon as possible because those patients need to be uh, in hospital for, for a cesarean usually. Uh, and so with basic ultrasound, we were able to find um, three women in the space of a month um, who had placenta previa. Um, and more importantly, I was able to um, share that very basic skill with the two local healthcare workers there and uh, leave the ultrasound there, which meant that they could actually um, sustain that and, and continue to, to do that screening. Uh, and that was, yeah, I mean, that was one of the best months of my life. That practical experience means Aidan goes into his Bachelor of Paramedicine in 2014 with passion running high. But as he hits the textbooks, that practical passion begins to clash with what's happening in the classroom. Quite early on as a student paramedic, I got really frustrated with what I was being taught um, because at that time it was we were in this liminal kind of transition period between paramedicine being a vocation versus being a profession. And so a lot of the education was still very vocation-based, which meant it wasn't up-to-date on the research, which meant, you know, we had wonderful educators, but oftentimes they were teaching things which were five or 10 or 15 years out of date because the textbooks were out of date. Um, and because I was on social media, I, I remember knowing that, you know, a paper had come out a year ago saying, oh, you know, it, this thing doesn't work anymore. This does work. We need to stop doing this. You know, it doesn't help to raise patients' legs when they've got low blood pressure. You know, if someone's got shock, lie them down flat. Don't uh, don't raise their legs up. It doesn't help anything. And I got really frustrated. And I was speaking to a friend and he said, well, why don't you start a Facebook group and just post about it? So we ended up starting the group of us, a Facebook group um, for paramedics where we would share journal articles and, and scientific articles about kind of the latest science and, and we called it myth busting um, uh, and uh, paramedic myth busting and it grew and grew and now there's um, 11.7 thousand members around Australia, the UK and the US um, who, who read the articles that we share there because we've got this community of um, of interested clinicians who are thirsty for knowledge. 
Uh, and, and the same thing occurs, you, you know, with, with really any project. Um, yeah, you need to, it's good to be frustrated. It, uh, it's a good driver. Uh, most, most innovation and change gets, gets driven by frustrations um, at, at the current way we're doing things. Um, and then when you have that, you need to harness it. And instead of lashing out, uh, you need to productively bring the right people around you and problem solve. That early career discovery that Aiden can create a community around his passion is a game changer. And maybe surprisingly, so is his use of social media to do it. I met my professor on Twitter. I said, I'm, I'm coming to London. Um, does anyone want to catch up for coffee? And, and this professor replied to me and said, sure, send me a message and we'll catch up for coffee. And that ended up becoming my, my now mentor, Professor Tom Quinn, uh, who was the first person to put a defibrillator in AED on a train station. And, and yeah, you know, he, he ended up inviting me to, to London to do a year of research with him. And that changed my life um, purely because I was on Twitter and I was engaged in that community and that network. And I often asked uh, silly questions which um, turns out a lot of people wanted to know. Uh, so, so they often uh, you know, got circulated and retweeted and liked quite a lot on Twitter because uh, um, I guess I was uh, less worried about how I would look uh, and, and more confident to just ask a silly question. So Aiden's confidence to ask silly questions and also just to ask for help comes from his genuine passion for growing his knowledge and being a better paramedic. But soon, Aiden's also seeing a shift in how parts of paramedicine is using social media. And that means he's got to get the confidence to ask tougher questions. I first sort of got into the ethics side of things. Um, the first paper I wrote actually was during my honours. I was on Twitter and I, I still am. I think it's a wonderful medium for connecting with colleagues in academia. And I saw that a lot of paramedics were tweeting particularly in the UK, paramedics were tweeting about cases that they went to. So patients, you know, I just went to see a 65-year-old woman in Bondi with, you know, a, a bleeding arm and I've taken her to Queen Elizabeth A&E um, and they put their call sign in the tweet and they might have tweeted a photo from the scene if they went to a car accident. And we were all kind of shocked by this because it's completely unethical and, and illegal. It's a breach of patient's confidentiality. But what had happened was there were a lot of charity ambulance services in the UK uh, who were doing this in order to raise their profile to increase donations. Um, it was a good intention, but a bad means. You know, it, it was an unethical way and it was unfortunately harming patients. Um, and so a colleague and I, Dr. Ruth Townsend and I, wrote a paper about the kind of ethical legal implications of this. So Aidan's paramedic career is expanding into research and he's determined to do research that makes paramedicine better. In 2017, he starts his honours year at CQ University with a laser-like focus on what he could improve. I went to my professors uh, who were incredible mentors and I said, I, I want to study this. I think we really need to bring ultrasound into paramedicine. Uh, and, and this was at CQU, and I was incredibly lucky to uh, be mentored by um, two senior colleagues now and, and lecturers in the um, medical imaging department who were incredibly experienced sonographers, uh, Professor Anne Quinton, who's um, still head of medical imaging and sonography. And she sat down with me and she went, well, Aiden, you can't save the world all at once. Pick one small thing that you can change and one small thing that you want to research. And so I thought, you know, something that 
I know my grandparents really didn't like and that I felt really bad about when I was treating patients was when patients were difficult to cannulate, difficult to pop a drip in. And I just hated that these patients felt like pincushions, you know, that I had to go, I had another go, I couldn't get it. My mentor had to go, someone else had to go. And then we thought, oh, I'm sorry, there's just nothing we can do. Like, we just can't get a vein. We're just going to have to wait to hospital. And then in hospital, in the emergency department, none of the nurses or doctors could get a vein. They ended up having to call someone to come and do it. And it's so unpleasant. And when you need medications, particularly for rural paramedics, where there are long drives to hospital and where someone with a, a blood infection who's got low blood pressure really needs those, those fluids in the vein and antibiotics in the vein and adrenaline in the vein, um, or very young people and very old people, they, they need those drugs. And the only alternative is to drill into the bone, but that's really invasive and you don't want to use it in someone who's awake. With ultrasound, you can see a vein under the surface that you couldn't see otherwise, and you can watch and guide your needle into the vein. So someone who would otherwise be feeling like an absolute pincushion, you can, you can see a vein a centimeter below the surface and guide your needle into it, and it's just incredible. Um, and so that's what I did my honors on. Um, and I have to say, I really enjoyed my honors at CQU. Um, it, it was a fantastic program. I I had a chat with the honors coordinators at almost every single university in Australia that would that had paramedics, um, and I compared all the different programs and and I went with CQU because I, I called up the the uh, program lead and and she called me back two hours later and said I've got two potential supervisors for you. Aiden's passion is palpable because it's about helping real people, not just his poor pincushion grandparents, but also so many paramedics like him who are being frustrated with limited medical information about their patients. I think being a paramedic, it, it's kind of a joke that we, we operate on very little information really well. It's you and your colleague and the patients and you only have the tools you've brought with you. There's no blood tests. There's no imaging. Um, it's very early in the disease process. If you watch and wait after hours and hours and hours, things emerge, things progress, things get worse or things get better. Um, but in the first hour or three, it's really difficult to tell what's going on often. And so there was this frustration amongst a lot of us. I remember all my mentors you know, telling patients, I think it's this, but I don't have x-ray vision. And yeah, we, we ended up discovering that um, this one technique for ultrasound guided IVs when done by paramedics was a lot more successful than another technique. Uh, and that was an awesome moment. It, I think it was two o'clock in the morning sitting there at home, bleary eyed and, and realizing that I knew something that no one else in the world knew. Uh, and it was so exciting and I couldn't wait to share it with people. So, so that was a really cool introduction to research as well. Aidan publishes a paper on his findings and goes on to complete his graduate certificate in clinical ultrasound with CQ University in 2018. Both the paper and the qualification equip him to take the next step, training other healthcare professionals to use the information and skills he's discovered. I realised that I had a really niche skill set and that I really enjoyed doing something. And so that was teaching point-of-care ultrasound, so field ultrasounds, um, two paramedics and doctors in the field. Uh, and I spent a lot of time because I had time as a researcher thinking through things and working through them and designing a system and a way of thinking and doing it that no one else had come up with before. Uh, and then I approached a, a colleague who ran an education business for healthcare professionals. And I said, you know, I've written a course, would you be interested in it? 
And he said, sure. And so I started up a, a very small company to deliver that training to um, to paramedics and doctors and nurses. And I'm really lucky to now work with you know, members of the Australian Defence Force and um, teaching them and, and um, air ambulances in the UK and, and a, a whole range of wonderful organisations and individuals delivering that education. It was purely because people recognised that I loved what I was doing. And because I loved what I was doing and I became a subject matter expert in a very niche field, uh, I was able to leverage that. The research on paramedic ultrasound-guided IVs was the first kind of paramedic ultrasound research in Australia. And so it was really important for me as a kind of launch pad to get myself out there and to get people talking about ultrasound by paramedics in general. It also gave me the research skills to go and then do all the research I was doing. So I, I couldn't be where I am without that honors degree. Um, and then more so doing the postgraduate uh, certificate in clinical ultrasound, emergency medicine ultrasound. I couldn't have ever started teaching ultrasound around the world. I couldn't have set up a company and I wouldn't have been able to practice as a paramedic with the scope of ultrasound that I currently do without that piece of paper. And it just so happened that the added benefit was I actually learned a lot doing it. Now, thanks to Aiden, plenty more healthcare professionals are learning a lot. And that's because Aiden is so committed to learning a lot and his lifelong learning still continues. While taking time to learn more is important to Aiden, he's also conscious of not rushing into it or feeling like there's a deadline for what he wants to achieve. Life is so long. If you really love what you're doing and you'll find ways to do it, hopefully. And it's an, it's an incredible privilege to be in a society where that's possible um, and, and to live in a, in a day and age where that is often possible for a lot of us, not, not all of us, but a lot of us. And I'm incredibly grateful to be able to do that. I think when I was a lot younger, I'm still very young, um, I thought, you know, oh, you know, if, if I don't get into paramedicine the first time, that's it. Um, and then it's, oh, if I don't get into medicine the first time, that's it. Oh, you know, people have gotten in before me and, and I'm still, you know, doing this or doing that and I haven't gotten there yet. And, and now I am so grateful I didn't get into things the first time and I didn't do things straight away. And I was able to go and do different things and have journeys and travel and, and meet people and work. Um, and have, you know, odd jobs here and there and, and know what it's like to have, you know, kind of a, a, a seven to five, <laughs> um, you know, mailroom job. A lot of the time we put this pressure on ourselves from external expectations about this is make or break. You totally have the opportunity to come back and do things. You can only do so many things at a time. I, I'm trying to learn to say no. It's really difficult because there's so many fun research projects to do. You know, the more the more research you do, the more research you do, and the more research colleagues you make, and then the more research you do together. And it's impossible to do it all. It's impossible. You can't do it all. Um, <laughs> I'm still trying, um, and I'm still failing miserably at it. Uh, but you have to learn to say no and protect yourself and your time. Otherwise, you burn out. And I have, and I burned back in. Um, I'll probably burn out again. Uh, but. The, there's this false perception that there's a crossroads and there's not. I, I, would, I would say to people, do what you love, but also if you, if you can't do something now, but you really want to do it, you will probably be able to come back and do it a lot of the time or an even better opportunity will present itself another time. Aidan Barron there, reminding us that it's our passion for a career that matters, not how fast we can make it happen. 
Aiden is the founder of The POCUS Course, teaching point-of-care ultrasound to healthcare providers across Australia, the UK, and Europe. He's also a medical student and a practicing paramedic, and as Aiden says, he's still on Twitter. You can follow him at Aiden underscore Barron for a research-informed perspective on innovative healthcare. And for everything he's achieved in research and education and practice, Aidan is CQ University's 2022 Alumnus of the Year for Industry Excellence. CQ University's practical and flexible courses can grow your healthcare knowledge and practice too, no matter where you are in your career. Head to cqu.edu.au slash health to learn more. Or if you want that feeling Aidan had, of being the first in the world to learn something new, explore CQ University's research opportunities at cqu.edu.au slash research. You've been listening to How to Change a Life by CQ University Podcasts. Their music is Wings by CQ University alumnus Tristan Barton. Check out more of his work at tristanbartonmusic.com. If How to Change a Life has got you thinking about where you're headed, we'd love to hear. Follow CQ University across social media where you can see highlights from all our episodes and you can subscribe to How to Change a Life wherever you get your podcasts to hear a new story fresh every Thursday. Next week on How to Change a Life, how a heartbreaking experience is driving one young woman's determination to change the world for women and girls. So I have experienced domestic and family violence myself and that in itself is a very difficult thing to manage, being an advocate and also surviving. If you do have these experiences and go through them, it's important to grieve, but I just want you to know that there is hope. That's next week on How to Change a Life. Till then, stay safe and have a life-changing day. Listener.